Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the D1 Only Podcast. My name is Eduardo Villalpando, as usual, I'm your host, and we have a very special guest today, Jack Davis. Welcome, Jack. Thank you, thanks for having me, man. Jack is an NCAA Division I student athlete at the University of Washington. He's originally from Vancouver, Canada. During his high school career, he was ranked inside the top 10 of Canada in U18 and even won his first ATP point. And in college, he's been named All-Pac-12 academic team and currently plays number one in both singles and doubles for the Huskies. So congrats on a great junior and college career so far. Thank you. I, I, hope, that, uh, I hope that I can do a little more than that eventually when it's over, but we'll see. Thank you, though. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. Vancouver is like three hours away from Washington, right? It is, yeah. It's it's pretty close. It's funny. It's still international tuition, though. But it is uh, <laughs> it, it is closer. I think I, I think out of all the guys on my team, except for we have one local guy, I think I'm the closest, which is very nice, especially for my parents. They they love to watch my matches, so they can just hop on down. It doesn't take long. So as soon as they cancel like classes this semester, you dipped home or not? Yeah, no, that's that's funny. Uh, I. It was funny because at that time, too, Seattle was kind of like the epicenter of Corona in North America. So my mom was freaking out. She was like, well, you're coming home right now. And I was like, oh, I want to stay, maybe see what happens. And I think eventually we thought they might close the border. So I, I had to just dip, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel you. Uh, well, you have showed a lot of potential since your junior career. And I understand you were playing at the Tennis Canada Center in British Columbia. How was that experience I, for you? I was. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, I started at the center in, I think, when I was maybe like sixth grade or seventh grade. And I think, you know, when I started there, I was so lazy and I was just not really a committed tennis player at all. And those coaches... I, I give them all the credit for at least teaching me how to work hard. And then, um, you know, they also were the ones who got me in touch with the University of Washington coaches. So they they really helped me to improve and to also kind of, you know, help me pave the way to eventually play college tennis. Yeah, but you did not live at the center, right? You ju you will just go no. like during the afternoons or how, how yeah, would it so, work? So the way that Tennis Canada works is there's there's the center in Montreal, which is where guys go to live like if they stay there full time and then there's like the kind of like i guess regional centers like there's one in each of the bigger provinces so like there's one in toronto where they play rogers cup and then there's one in vancouver and i think there's one in, in alberta now too um and so yeah basically i was I, you could say part-time i didn't live there because it's we just play at the club and then basically they send some guys to montreal i don't think at that point i They send guys when they're like 15, like, you know, Benjamin or Nick Case or all these guys who are playing college tennis now, too. Um, at that point, I definitely wasn't at the level or the level of commitment, I think, that it would have taken to just be tennis full time. Um, so, yeah, I was part time, but still got a lot of ton, a ton of good training in. And, yeah, basically, you basically they send guys when they're 15 or 16, but the coaches are so they're so great they would still let me come you know a few days a week and i could supplement that with with just other hitting sessions you know until i till i went to college basically yeah but while while you were doing all of that you were still like a regular student like you were going to like a regular high school in the morning and yeah, then in the afternoons totally. you would go to practice yeah that was a big thing for me i i saw guys going you know to the center in montreal and i think That, that 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 was really good for them but for me I, i don't think i was ready for that i still wanted to have you know some semblance of a normal life i wanted to go to high school and 
you know, just do all that stuff that I think most most kids are able to do. Uh, and I was. It was really nice. I would just go to school in the morning and then practice at like three every day, and and that was that. Yeah. Plus, in in the weekends, if you're not playing a tournament, you can still go out with your friends because people that are totally. in people that are like in these academies or in like these teams in another part of the of the country let's say that way they're not able to do that because they're all yeah. like all their focus is on tennis if you know what i mean exactly i, I was super fortunate to get to have like a, a good balance and i i think that that really helped me now you know especially at school where every you know our whole life is about balancing um yeah. and it was just nice to be able to have somewhat of a normal childhood <laughs> yeah What do you think about the Tennis Canada system and how they build players? Because personally, I think it's, along with the French Federation, the best system there's in the world. Having players yeah. literally on every level. Oh, I mean, damn, it's clearly working. I mean, look at all the guys my age or a little younger or older who are doing so well um, internationally as well as in college. I think, I think that they actually modeled their system after the French system. I, I'm not sure about that. I'm not, you can't quote me for sure, but I, I think that You know, with uh, Montreal being the center, they have a, good, a little French connection. And so they they saw the French system working and they probably modeled it after it. I like how they they try to let kids stay in their hometowns, you know, longer than I think in some other places they do. Like the guy, like, so for example, I have a friend, Tichi Huang, he goes to Texas right now. He, he trained in the regional center with me until he was like 15 So he, he was able to stay home for a while, and then eventually he went to the, the center in Montreal. But I think they do a good job in that, where they still develop players, but then let them, you know, they don't get burnt out as quickly. Yeah, like, I, for sure. I think, that, I think that that's the biggest thing about, like, academies or, you know, federation centers. You see players just, they get really burnt out really early, and they've done a good job of keeping that whole pack of guys my age invested and you know playing and i think that you, it shows because canadian tennis has definitely gone up from where it was before yeah for sure and having said that right now there's a great new wave of canadian players in college like of course yourself benjamin seguin at unc alexis galarno who just graduated from nc state liam draxel at kentucky tahabadi at wake forest and you can go on and on what do you think of this generation because most of you all are almost the same age. I think the oldest one is 1997 and the youngest one is 2001. So the age range is pretty close between all of you. Yeah, it's it's been really fun. I remember, I mean, geez, I remember going to nationals and stuff. And I think, you know, my game has improved now to the point where I'm having some success in college. But at that point, you know, I was barely making the quarters of, of nationals. Like there's just a lot of good guys. And it definitely they all push each other and they've pushed guys like me to try to improve more to you know be a part of that group like i think that this year we had like eight or nine guys ranked in college tennis which is a lot um and it's you definitely feel like pride because we all grew up playing together too so it's it's just fun to see um and i think it's going to be interesting too you know once guys start graduating to see how they do professionally too like i know if alexi goes goes pro after this i'm not sure what he's doing but he i mean he's already like top 500 600 so it's going to be interesting to see how how guys make the transition and i think that they will to be honest yeah for sure and when did you decide college tennis was the path for you um 
pretty early, actually. I mean, I, I grew really late. So, like, I, like, I was a late bloomer in probably every sense, like, maturity-wise and also just physically. So, I think it was pretty clear for me, my parents, and my coaches that I was not going to be a guy who just, at 18, was able to go pro. I didn't have, I don't think I had the tennis, really, or, the, you know, the physicality to do that. So, we, I think we always knew that college tennis was probably going to be the route for me uh my parents were always telling me that i would have to go to college anyways because uh, they're they're much bigger on the academic side um so i, I knew right away that i wanted to it was more just going to be kind of finding the right fit for me basically okay and how did the opportunity to go to UW present itself because i know you're telling me about these coaches in the tennis canada center in british columbia were they the ones that got you in contact with the coach i think it's maranger right Yeah, yeah, it was. So my so the head coach of the regional center in Vancouver, Oda Jacob, he's a Israeli guy who played on the tour when he was younger and he he had played with Matt Anger, who's the head coach at Washington. So they they were good friends and they kind of had a connection and I now I don't know. I think Oded and Matt had probably been talking for a little while because Oded had coached another Israeli player who played at UW right before I got there whose name was Gal Hakak. So they kind of, they had kind of already had a bit of like a pipeline, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but I don't think, I actually didn't talk to Matt until after I was playing at a Futures in Vancouver and uh, our assistant coach, our associate head coach, Chris Russell came and saw me and I was young. I think I was like a sophomore in high school and they, he saw me playing and I was playing doubles which is what I've always been better at. And I think he, he liked what he saw. And that was when we started talking and, and Matt and Oded definitely got involved, which uh, was really nice for me because I, it's tough to advocate for yourself. And if you have a coach that the college coach can trust, it, it really made it much easier for me uh, just to build that relationship right away with them. Yeah, I bet. Uh I don't know if you can listen to some of the I don't know sorry I don't know if you can explain to some of the audience listening a little bit about your recruiting process and how it went just from taking your taking your test in time to getting it getting all done like the eligibility thing with NCAA I don't know if you can explain a little bit on how at least your, yeah. how your experience went on that Yeah it was it was interesting because I think I was pretty early in the process compared to a lot of guys Uh, we had I had had some older friends who went to play college tennis, and I know that they had kind of waited a little while to start their recruiting, and they had seen you know spots will fill up right like if there's a school you want to go to, but those you know that coach might only have a spot or two for that year, and it can be gone before you even email them. So we, my parents were really good about getting on me to just kind of be proactive. So I emailed a bunch of schools, uh, Washington University of Washington included in that group. And then once they saw me, I think things moved pretty quickly. Like once I was in, once I was in my junior year, I went on an unofficial visit and I really liked it. And it, it was a good fit for me because it was close to home and I loved the coaches and I felt like they were going to try and help me improve over four years. Not just kind of, they didn't just see me as like a, just a guy or a means to an end. I felt like they saw more potential in me than a lot of other people had. So I committed early to UW, and then, you know, if once I was committed, it was it was a challenge to finish all my school and stuff while still trying to play tournaments and stuff. But it was nice in the sense that I had that commitment 
in the back of my head. Like I wasn't freaking out about stuff. Yeah. Um, whereas I know some people my year, you know, who might have who were waiting a little longer. They definitely there was that added pressure, and I think I actually started playing way better once I committed because it was just something that I didn't have to worry about anymore. So it was stressful before committing, but once I did, I think it was it was uh, it wasn't too bad. So that, I mean, the one thing I would say is that if people are trying to go play college tennis, a good thing is to should be on it early because there's no real penalty for being for being proactive with it, but you might miss out on something if if you wait. Yeah, for sure. I think it, the sense of relief kind of help you play better, I would say, because I know, like you said, a lot of players that this, even though they are like really good players, like five star blue chips or like ATP rankings or whatever, they end up committing pretty late. So that's when like they get, they start getting a stress. They don't know if they're going to yeah. be able to get into a school. So I think the fact that you got on top of things early was really good for you. It was. It was great. And I think you can see, too, sometimes guys, like, if they're late, and they might be a really good player where they're going to get good offers from schools, but if they've waited, they, their options are limited, and you might make kind of like a, a hasty decision. And I think doing it early gave me, you know, I still took some unofficial visits to other schools, so I kind of got to see see what was what at different places and really just decide that, oh, you know, this was the place I, I would actually like to go and then work it out from there with the coaches. Uh, rather than feeling like, you know, pressure from deciding by a certain point or whatever that may be. Yeah. Which which other schools did you visit? I visited I visited Wake Forest. I visited Stanford to play a couple tournaments there and Cal. Those were the ones I visited, but I really didn't. And I, I had good relationships with all those coaches at the time, but I didn't really move forward with any of them um, too far, I think, just because I, I knew kind of where I wanted to go at that point. Okay, okay. Um, I think I think I visited those places and it was great and it was nice but I I definitely was pretty sure that I wanted to go to UW at that point and I was really happy I did yeah nice um, did you know a lot about college tennis before you committed or not really um, I think more than a lot of international guys just living in Canada like so close to the border um I think that a lot of Canadian guys have been going to college for a while and I was always able to see that. Like I remember I remember Braden Schnur went to UNC and he did really well there and now we have two more Canadian guys there right now. Um, I think it, there's kind of been a bit of a pathway for a while, so I was always aware of it. And I knew that I I mean I knew that my parents uh, wanted me to go to college. Yeah. So it definitely seemed like the logical situation. I think I had more awareness than, you know, some of these European guys, like some of the guys on my team who, when they first come in, they're incredible players, but they have no clue what college tennis is. And it's always, it's always funny to see how they adjust to it. I, I didn't have to go through that quite as much, but at the same time, you know, it's not like I was an American guy with whatever, all the recruiting stuff going on, tennisrecruiting.net. I didn't have that much exposure but i knew what was happening yeah because at the end of the day if you have really good results no matter if you're like american or international you're gonna be able to go into a good school so 100 percent. yeah yeah and how was the transition for you from high school to UW? because it is a pretty good school academically speaking so was that challenging or not really yeah it was a little bit i definitely had to adjust to the workload um 
you know, I, I, our academic advisor was good. He started me in some classes that were less strenuous, and then I worked my way up, uh, which I think was smart. Um, I think the biggest thing I just had to adjust to was, like, the time management because the tennis side was awesome because I, I had grown up I had grown up playing team sports and then eventually picked to play tennis, but I always missed I always missed the team aspect, and then all of a sudden I was back and on a team again, and it was, like, so much fun. I mean, I was just having a blast with it. Uh, but then you need to you still got to remember that you're in school, right? Like you're yeah. going to have so much fun playing tennis, hanging out with your team, these new guys who you're friends with. Um, and it is, it, is a, it is a challenge for sure to remember that you're also, you know, you're a, they always say to us at, at UW, they're like, you're a student athlete and you have to, you have to be cognizant of that. Because yeah, student comes first, right? Yeah, it, it depends. <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that during juniors, most most players tend to focus more on athletics than academics. So uh, I, I, I think the fact that you were able to balance both really helped you transition into the college into the college level of things. And I mean, the fact that you've been named like all academic team, I think it's like if you have a three point three or something like that. I think it's that's a proof of the the way you've been balancing both athletics and academics. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I've been really lucky. We have we have a great support staff at UW, and our coaches are. You know, I've heard of some college coaches who they kind of only are thinking about the tennis, and ours are good about. They also remind us to balance. You know, my coach is always asking us about our, our classes before practice, and then, you know, we get on court and it's all tennis. But he definitely reminds you that you know you have to be doing well in the classroom if you want to do well uh, on the court. You you got to be eligible. So th they have really helped me to kind of manage things and i i can't thank them enough for that because i feel like they've helped me improve in every way yeah okay let's talk tennis a little bit um your first year you came in and was playing six singles and three doubles right yeah yeah i was i was kind of two three doubles and then in and out in singles yeah. five six out kind of Yeah, but Back of course, at, at that time, you guys have like a deep squad. You had like Enzo Sommer, you have Pierce Foley, who I think you were competing with him to see who was playing six singles. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, we, we were we were better than we ended up being that year. I remember feeling like it was a bit of a disappointing year because our team was quite strong. Like we we played a lot of teams that were really good that year, really close, but we just couldn't, we didn't really put it together, but we lost a ton of close matches and we had, We had two seniors, uh, Mitch Stewart and Jake Douglas, who were both both ranked and both doing really well at the top of our lineup. So definitely, I think I knew coming in, I probably wasn't going to play high to start because the team was strong and I just needed to develop. But I I knew I would probably get a, sh a shot in doubles because that was where I'd had good results and where I was best. Um, so it was it was really nice to get to learn from those guys and then you know, as they graduated, slowly step up into a bigger role and and improve because of it. Um, yeah, that's actually what I wanted to ask you about. Is like, how would you say you have matured on the court since your freshman year? Because especially now you're playing at the top of the lineup and facing really good opponents every weekend. Of course, we all know that the Pac-12 is not an... Is everything but an easy conference. So yeah, no, do, it's tough. Do you think you have matured on the court just because... You went from playing, you went from having, I mean, I wouldn't say a small role, but playing like in and out in the singles lineup and then playing only three or two doubles to now playing one singles, one doubles. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I had to. Um, I 
when I first came to college, it was always a thing I was talking about with my coaches, how I'm a tall guy, and my best thing is probably my volley. So they would always, that's why I was good at doubles. They were always pushing me to get to net more and just come in. And I think it's uh, for a while I resisted them. You know, I like to hit the ball, and, you know, that's what everyone else does these days. So you kind of you kind of just fall into that. And I think once I really just accepted that I needed to get to the net more and kind of listen to them, I started to play way better and I started to be more competitive with better players who I think before would would just beat me. Um, and along with that, it definitely helped. That definitely helped me mentally too, like just to have more faith in myself um, and my, to have for my teammates, you know, for me to hopefully show them that they can improve and then we would all get better. That really helped me, I think. Yeah. Yo, I got to ask you this. I, I I said to myself that I was not going to ask you this, but I got to do it. So, in your volleys, you always spin volley, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> like the top spin? Yeah, no, because, I mean, it, it's weird because it looks like you... I've, I've watched you. I've I watched your match in doubles against USC and the one against UCLA, and it looks oh, like, it, it looks like all the time you're hitting like a forehand forehand spin volley when you're on top of the net. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, no, our, our, so I know exactly what you're talking about. That's so funny that you asked that. You know those two shots that I just absolutely blew way way wide and way long that were on top of the net. Yeah, we had a we were doing a team <laughs> Zoom call. And Alexis, your buddy Alexis Alvarez, it was his turn and he showed that clip and we were all just laughing. I looked like an idiot. <laughs> Usually it doesn't happen like that. I, My coach has been good about teaching us, you know, he was an amazing doubles player. So he's taught me, he's tried to teach me how to just not only do underspin volleys. And usually the toppy volley is great because it gets the gets the ball down at the opponent's feet. Yeah. I obviously have not even come close to mastering it because I still blow one long every maybe once every match or two and it's just no but i mean you're but it's it's helpful like it's super good especially like if you get pulled out wide and you can get some you get instead of just going under the ball it floats if you can really get a little toppy on it i mean <laughs> it keeps you in the rally <laughs> <laughs> no that's but fine I, I know exactly what you're thinking about right now, and I, I, I wish that uh, the people who would listen to this could see that shot. It was me on top of the net, and I tried to go toppy instead of just bouncing it out, and uh, I, hit, I nearly hit the fence, I think. All right, I may post it just to burn You should, yeah. you should, because then they'll have the context, but yeah. yeah. I, I mean, if you watch pro doubles, like, look at Jamie Murray. He does it on almost every shot. Yeah, um, for sure. Obviously, I'll, I'll never have that kind of feel with it, but yeah. that's a goal. That's a goal. <laughs> Um, do you think you have become mentally stronger in college just because of how college tennis is now and you have fans screaming at you when you're on the road, opponents getting in your face whenever they win, like, deuce points and everything? Do you think you have mature um, in that aspect? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I was such a... Like, I've always, I was always quiet on the court in juniors, and I think, you know, when guys would get in my face, I would kind of just get rattled or get annoyed, and now it's... I mean, we we all know how college tennis is. Guys are screaming, and fans are you know even if there's 20 fans there, it's they can get in your head. It, it doesn't yeah. take much. Um, so I think that definitely made me made me more mentally tough and also just more calm in bigger moments. And especially with having multiple courts going on at once, like it's never quiet. If you're playing six in a row, someone's always fist bumping and screaming at their team or whatever it is. That it definitely I feel like if I do go to play another tournament now that isn't a college match it definitely just feels really like calm and it's like wow this is 
this is kind of interesting. There's no one screaming. There's nothing crazy going on. Yeah, it's weird, right? It is weird. It's it's just like there's way less pressure. Honestly, it kind of makes you free. Feel really free when you're not playing college tennis. Yeah, I mean to be honest, I don't know why I mentioned the playing on the road part because the amount of match of home matches you guys play is unreal. Yeah, I think, our coaches like being at home. <laughs> yeah, I think last season or the one before that, Alexis told me you guys played like the most home matches in program history, which is crazy. Yeah, it was our first year. We we were home like, man, I don't think we traveled till March. Like we 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 were home for like, you know, the first 10, 15 matches. I don't we skipped kickoff weekend and just hosted some teams and <laughs> you know, there's something to be said for that though. Like, you know, once especially if we had a young team, so getting guys used to playing at home, it's a big deal. Yeah. But I mean, the last the last year and this year we were on the road a lot more, so we still had to go through go through the aches and pains. Yeah, I mean, but for the people who don't know a lot about college tennis or who are not student athletes, the fact that you spent like two months of the like in season just playing at home and not traveling at all is like huge. It's like oh, a it's huge. huge. Thing. It's probably it's probably why I ever achieved anything academically. I just had. <laughs> free time to study instead of been on the road yeah because when you're on the road it's so much harder to focus and to get stuff done being at home it's like you know the, the match day is a big day but every day before that it's just a normal day of practice yeah tell uh, for the people who don't know and or we're not athletes in college what's a regular traveling day like for you guys for us uh so we we always complain we leave really early for the airport and we Our, our coaches are are good they they like to keep us like you know they're a little more old school keep us looking good so we wear suits to the airport uh and so we go we always we fly and then we always get like jimmy john's or something like some type of sandwich after which guys on the team before have have definitely complained about but it's a good it's a good <laughs> meal so you can't really complain uh and then we almost always just go straight to the courts or maybe we'll hit the hotel for five minutes just to change um and then you practice and then team dinner which always takes a little while but it's like the best part um and then you got to do homework and it's it's always it's always crazy to me how fast those days fly by because you just never really have a chance to stop yeah do you guys always fly or for example if, if the match is in oregon do you guys We, that's when you said Oregon, that's like the one match that I can remember that we've driven to, I think, or we played, we played Eastern Washington one time and we drove to them, but besides that, we, we fly almost everywhere, I think we're pretty, we're pretty far away from most of the schools that we would travel to, Yeah. Uh, there's definitely some that we could drive, but I think that, I think the school has a good deal with, with Alaska Airlines, so they get it done. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And was that time that you guys played Eastern Washington the one that you played like back to back matches, or that uh, you played like out no. of nowhere that they told you yeah, like it was one out day of nowhere. before? It wasn't back to back, but I remember we were we were trying to get to 500, I think. So we we went there out of nowhere on like a Monday. It was, it was <laughs> good times. Definitely not what you'd expect though. Yeah, Going to just to get that quick dub. Yeah. Um, tell me about your relationship with Alexis Alvarez. You guys came in together. Of course, you have had different paths as he got injured, among other things. And now you have established, you guys have established as the probably the best team in the Pac-12 conference in doubles, almost beating USC and UCLA before they clinched the matches. So tell yeah, me a little bit about, about your that, relationship. We've been competitive for sure. I don't know if you could say the, the best. No, nah, I mean matches. 
but we we've it's been awesome man he's he's like my best guy on the team like we came in together and i think it was always it was interesting because we're both characters like we're very different people but we still got along really well um and he's he's crazy and i'll love him for that but he he always hypes me up on the court i'm always more quiet and kind of depressed and he's always there ready to to pick me up so i i can't thank him enough for that and you know i'm hoping that this next year we'll get to do more you know if if tennis ever starts up again yeah i mean because you guys only lost one match this season and looking at it from a, a fan perspective uh, not an athlete or anything like that just from a fan perspective you guys had i think two match points against <laughs> usc i don't know why they clinched that but it must have been the most annoying thing for you at the oh, time dude, it was it was and the thing was is in, earlier in that game i got hit by a ball that was going way out so yeah no it wasn't going finish. way out I've, i've watched the i watched the match and i don't think it was going out i think it was gonna go go in i don't know debatable we'll see yeah. we, we hindsight man <laughs> Yeah, and Alexis has this theory that if a short guy has a tall partner, they complement really well. Like you guys, I agree with that. like I totally you guys, agree with that. only losing one match this season. Another example is UCLA is going Nanda and Keegan Smith. You guys play them. Do you agree with it, or is it yeah. just good chemistry? No, it's both. I mean, it's not like you're just gonna put a big guy and a short guy together and it's gonna it's gonna magically work. But I think. Both tennis-wise and personality-wise, he compliments me because, like, I, I, the thing I'm the worst at has always been returns, and he's good at that. He runs around and rips forehands, and then um, I always am able to set him up uh, with my serve, so he, it's easier for him at the net to just put stuff away. Um, and in, in that sense, we become more complete as a team, whereas if it was just two of me playing with each other, yeah. they were much bigger weaknesses. Um And I, I think that, that that's really helpful. And then there's the fact that uh, you want to play with someone who you can, you know, relate to well and who you can enjoy, like, your time with. And we've always gelled well in that sense, too. Like like I said, he always pumps me up. And I think I'm good at calming him down, too, if things are getting crazy. Um, so, yeah, our coach does that a lot. He likes he likes the, the big server with the good returner and good baseline skills. Uh as a team and I think it's a smart a smart move honestly yeah for sure okay this is the last segment of the podcast it's called the D15 it's five rapid fire questions you gotta answer them as fast as you can okay alright Vancouver or Washington <sighs> dude you're killing me already uh, I'll say Washington regular volley or spin volley <laughs> spin come on <laughs> favorite college memory oh jeez um I remember my freshman year, I clinched a match from three all uh, against Arizona, and that felt really special. There's probably I'll never probably freak out more than at that moment. <laughs> Most listened artist at the moment? Um, probably J. Cole, I think. What other profession other than tennis would you like to attempt? Man, uh, you know, you're just asking me the question about my life story now, and I just don't even know where I'm going with that. Um, <laughs> I'll say I'll be a streamer, professional gaming streamer. <laughs> okay, but okay, for the people that, of course, we were talking off air, basically you were telling me that your major is economics. Is that something you actually want to pursue once your college career is over or do you, would you like to get into the pro tour for a couple of years and then if that doesn't work, get into economics? Yeah, 
econ is something I'm super interested in. So I think if I if I don't try to play after college, I'll be looking in, in that sector like finance or, you know, something something related to economics, which I'm super into. I think we'll see how this year goes. I would like to try play after school. I don't I mean, why not? You have your whole life to work in an office or whatever else. Um, and tennis is really fun right now considering hopefully we get back to playing eventually um so yeah i think i'll I'll play it by year i'm trying to work hard in both things just so that you know that decision is easy where i can do either thing whatever i feel like doing no i don't want to be limited by by my grades or by my skills in tennis you know once i graduate so we'll see how it goes but uh you know right now I'm, i'm definitely just trying to do well in both and see where it takes me yeah plus especially if you have you already have a college degree and even a master's degree who knows with this fifth year and coronavirus and everything you feel way more confident i've talked to multiple like pro players who went to college and they've told me like they feel way more confident on the pro tour just because of the fact that they already have a college degree where where they can rely on if you know what i mean oh totally you have a great fallback plan i mean that's probably the best thing about college tennis is you get to develop yourself and you have this great time for four years or maybe five years now uh And then, you know, you could go play, but you don't have to worry at the same time. Yeah, for sure. All right, Jack, that's all I got for you today, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your experiences. Basically tell everyone, like, the non-athletes how certain things in the business work, like just traveling, a schedule, like recruiting process and all of that. And yeah, man, I appreciate you. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks. Uh, don't worry, I'm... I don't have a lot to do in quarantine anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jack, and thanks to all the fans for tuning in to another episode, and see you guys next time.